Hello, everybody. Welcome to Value Line Observer, brought to you by the Value Guys. I'm Vern Value. And I'm Val Hughes. And we're 20-year Wall Street veterans that have taken on secret identities, adopted disguises, changed our voices, well, so that, you know, nobody will know who we are, so that we can stay employed. Top secret. Uh, because our bosses would never allow us to bring you our unfiltered views on stocks like this for free. Um, every week we uh, get together, half for years, and look for uh, new ideas in that week's Value Line Investment Survey. This week's uh, issue is a combination of financial services, uh, healthcare services, and uh, uh, some a couple cyclical niches, including aerospace and defense. But uh, well, also it's, we, the, it's the holiday season. It is the holiday season. I just season. want to wish everyone out there a happy holiday. A happy holiday. Well, however many you're having. holiday season. However many you're having, it could be more than <laughs> have, one. Have many holidays for all by yeah. all means. There are going to be a lot of holidays being celebrated. Well, certainly, why celebrate. not participate in all of them? Celebrate even if you're not having a holiday. Uh, before we uh, before we go on with the show, we need to remind you that this is for entertainment purposes only. May not be entertaining. And uh, well, that goes without saying. Of and and we may own all the stocks that we're talking about, or none of them, or have other conflicts of interest. Uh, and actually, in terms of your interest, we're probably conflicted a bit because we often know nothing about what we're talking. I do. I know stuff about these. But we Boy, but we do always provide our best professional. Ever. Wait, wait, wait. You, well. Um, to learn more about us, please visit our website, www.thevalueguys.com. In the second half of the show, I'm going to be back with Orbital Sciences and a couple leading industrial technology company ideas. But first, I'm going to turn the show over to the chiefdom of stockdom, the emperor of equity essence. Where, where are you getting the this The viceroy stuff? of value. Oh, my God. Value. Is that my birthday present <laughs> yes. this year? I hope you enjoyed okay, it. Okay, very much so. That's all you get. Uh, well, thanks, everyone, for listening in. Uh, to our holiday show, uh, this is our... Is this the official holiday show? I don't know. Or is next yeah, week's show see the if holiday if show? Next week's better. We'll make that one the official. Because okay. uh, I don't have any bells or anything to ring. Do you have any bells around mm. here? I was looking for some I can bells. come up with one. Yeah, Keep going. Get I'll a come bell. up with a bell. Um, so I want to get that out there. Happy holidays. And, uh, oh, here we go. There we go. Happy holidays. Can you make it snow in here, too, or what? Um, me, yeah, right yeah try to get on them. Um, and so our Christmas gift to you this year is simply that uh, it's going to be the same gift we give you every week, which is three great value ideas, at least from me. And then Vern gives you ideas as well. I don't want to characterize if they're great or not right now. I'll let him speak to that. But this issue was... I would never uh, boast yeah, in such a course. crass fashion. This issue had a lot of opportunities in it, and uh, I really wish I'd had a chance to do more work because there's a lot of stuff here to dig into. That if you d really did just a little bit of work... You I did a little bit less than I was hoping to do. Uh, but I did look at every name, and I've got what I think are three top-notch value ideas this week I'm that I'll bring you already. each and every week. Year in, year out, in the darkest of nights and the snowiest of snows. First up this week, General Dynamics, page 553, and I do like to give the page numbers. Maybe that's my gift to you. Um, why did I choose General Dynamics? It's a gift that keeps I'll tell you, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this stock is eight times earnings right now. And when I look back over the history of this valuation, and I'm just looking at value line. There's certainly a lot more information that you should dig into. Uh, but this has about a 18-year, uh, 17-year chart. The average annual P.E. 
It'd be nice to have a range, but we don't get that from value line. But we get the average, and the average, the lowest average on this page is 15, except, oops, except for the 12 in 1994. But it's at 8. So, simple thesis, military grows with GDP, typically, and uh, although we may get a little less than that this year or more, if GDP is down, I don't know that defense spending is going to get down. You don't think the uh, incoming administration is going to try to cut back on the percentage well, of GDP and the budget allocated to defense? I do defense? know that a rising percentage of the military budget has come in the form of compensation, and I don't think you're going to start cutting salaries of the military. I don't think you're going to be cutting the numbers of people in the military because we now know everyone's fatigued. He's going to step up the effort in Afghanistan. And so the only thing you can do is cut back on some of the hardware, and I think that's in the stock. The stock's gone from 95 to 55 over the last uh, six months, and I think a lot of that is the fear of cutbacks in some of their key programs. Uh, Unfortunately, Value Line doesn't say exactly what the key programs are, but they break it up into three pieces. Marine is 18%, combat systems 29%, uh, information systems 35%, aerospace 18 Now, I really, I wish I knew a little more about this. I think this. the combat <clears throat> systems, you can count on the funding there because that, that, supports, they the, need that. that supports the warfighter. And these guys are probably, do they make the, the Abrams tank or do they make the tank? Um, I think they do, but okay. they, they make a product that's been hugely successful, although very expensive, in uh, Iraq called the Striker. Okay, uh, which well, is good. you know a uh, sort of light armored that. vehicle, and there's and they've all been blown up, so we're going to need a lot more of those. They're probably involved in the uh, front of line, you know, fighter planes and things like that, and they're involved in the navy. So I don't want to get into too much detail uh, because I don't know any of it. But what I'm drawn to is they have a very stable operating margin going back over many years. They have a very stable return on capital that's generally in the 14, 15 to 20 range. If it gets too high, Congress cuts prices. If it gets too low, they raise prices. There's been consolidation in the industry, so there's fewer competitors. We're certainly not going to start using overseas companies to build any of these things. And so uh, I also noticed they have a great balance sheet to weather any storm. They've got cash of $2.6 billion, offsetting total debt of $2.1 billion. So they're $500 million net cash positive. <coughs> Excuse me, and that's over a buck a share. Stock at eight times earnings. So What's the surprise going to be? There's about three companies that make anything in defense. Uh, We've blown everything up, and it's all going to need to get replaced, and we're going to continue to fight a war in Afghanistan. I think there's a lot of fear in this stock. It's trading at a relative multiple uh, below uh, any relative multiple on the page, which may be more important than the fact that the absolute's lower than any number on the page. Their backlogs are rising. They're up 30% year over year. And, uh, you know, you've heard me talk about needs, not wants. Military is a need. Unless they're a first-time listener, in which case they've never heard that. Well, go back and listen to some of the shows. We have been talking about needs, not wants during this period, and I think the military is a need. Uh, For some, it's a want, but I think for all of us, it's a need. I wish I had more detail on this, but I don't. But what have you? Look it up yourself. General Dynamics GD, page 553. Okay, next up, Northern Trust. Now, Northern Trust is the general dynamics of the trust business. They have the, one of the leading market shares amongst Fortune 400 types of families uh, managing their wealth, 
and they have this sort of bank on the side to try to attract assets that they then can manage in a you know equity bond asset. So it's not just a bank, you're saying? Well, it's really more than a bank. For example, their net profit is 890 million projected for next year. I guess okay. 700 this year. Their non-interest income, which is going to include the fees they charge on the assets they manage, is 2.7 billion. So if I wanted to take a high-level view, I might say that the bank actually no, earns no money, that they give the banking services away for free to attract the asset management services, and that's really the, uh, you know, the, the competitive advantage here. They have $4.1 trillion in assets in custody, $800 billion in assets under management, only $68 billion in banking assets. So, you know, it really is a big asset manager. According to Value Line, they are the eighth largest asset manager in the world and uh, i know people that sounds good yeah i mean the wealthy have less wealth but they're still wealthy you still have a top 10 percent of wealth and they're going to be looking at northern trust and the demographics still line up pretty well for that what am i attracted to here uh well that franchise for one and then the multiple uh top of value line here says 22 times earnings but that's including a write-off they took for bad assets that all banks have been taking in terms of their operating earnings here, they're trading at about 15 times. And again, when I look back over history, that's less than this thing normally trades. And, uh, you know, if you can buy a great franchise like this at a discount, I think there's a pretty good opportunity to do so. Uh, historically, they have not uh, had much of a yield. But again, because the stock's down, you get about a 2.5% yield. Return on equity here over time has been in the mid to upper teens, very stable. And... Um, you know, as I say, we're getting a cheap valuation on it here what, right now. Uh, according to Value Line, uh, you know, they've had some declines in their assets, which, of course, are understandable. Their assets under management down 17% uh, in the last 12 months. Their assets under custody down 15%. That's just a sign of the market going down. And it says here that earnings certainty has decreased. Well, I don't know that you've ever had earnings certainty at all, so I don't know how that would decrease. But the fact is there's fear involved everywhere, and all the banks have been really crushed as a result of fear. And we just bought this actually recently in the shop, Northern Trust, a few weeks ago. The stock was trading at 89 earlier this year. It's at 51. And if you look back in time here, the period from 2001 to 2003 when the markets were kind of going down, this thing was going down. And then beginning in 03, it's had a nice run over the last eight years or so. And and just like it had like in the eight years leading into yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. So I think we're just setting up to have the stock start to do well once the recovery gets underway. And it's a great franchise at a great price. What can I tell you? I don't know much more than that, although I do own it. Northern Trust, NTRS, page 622. And then uh, finally this week, a little stock I like to call... What do, do they like, I like to call, to call it? <laughs> Pediatrics, Which one? Is that Pediatrics the one? Medical, although they've just changed their name to Mednax, so <laughs> that doesn't sound better to me. What's well, um, that, trying to get away from child support payments or something? I don't or? know what's going on, but I'll just say that I have a... Tra- I, again, Always makes me suspicious when a company just changes their Mednax. name. Mednax. Well, who knows? Maybe they hired a guy and they promised uh, him the ability to name the company, you know? <laughs> if you come is... on in here, we'll let you name the company. <laughs> His name is Joe Ped. Evidently. <laughs> uh, now, what do they do? Why am I even looking at this or wasting your time talking about this? Well, needs not once. These I know guys that's on do... my mind. 
Really? Yeah. Uh, What do they do? They provide physician management systems to hospital-based neonatal intensive care units administering medical care to newborn infants and hospital-based pediatric intensive care units. Now, I notice a couple things about that. One, when you're providing physician management services, if you get any physicians using your information system, they weren't happy coming on, and they're not going to be happy going off and learning some new things. So you've got them pretty well locked up because they hate it, but they're using it. Okay. Secondly, neonatal intensive care, I mean, I think as we move forward, the medical community is going to be uh, getting a lot more help from the government, and certainly babies are going to get more help from the government, and these guys are providing information systems to help babies. I think our new president wants to invest more in information systems, and he wants to invest more to help babies. Well, doesn't that create an opportunity? the intersection Doesn't here. that create a situation where you might have winners and losers? No, it does not. Oh, it does not? No, oh, okay. no, only winners. Right. Only, only winners. winners. Okay, good. Uh, at least in my stocks. Now, mm-hmm. on this one, why am I talking about it? Well, they've got these good... Entertainment purposes only. Are you going to continue? Well, I feel why I don't you write to, a newsletter I, I and give you... No, you don't need to do anything. Yes, I do. Just, just enjoy, I'm a little, I'm a little enjoy my pitch. Just what, maybe if you let me talk about okay, it, you'll ahead. feel more comfortable maybe about Maybe I will. It. This thing is less than 10 times earnings, okay? And if I look back over time... Uh, it never trades there, never has traded there. The average is always in the upper teens. Secondly, uh, 16% debt to capital. So we've got the capital to survive. Operating margins historically in the 20s. Again, that says something's proprietary to me. Returns on capital in the mid to upper teens. Again, that sounds you know pretty proprietary. The stock has fallen from 72 to 30 and yet sales haven't come down much, except last quarter was a little down, and the comparison on a per-location basis, according to Value Line, was down 1.9% in March instead of its usual 3 to 5% gain. You know, that doesn't shock me. And then in the most recent quarter, their operating margin contracted by 3 percentage points. Again, not shocked. People are cutting price to win business right now. But if you look at the long term, looks like they're providing a pretty... Uh, pretty good service. Again, judging by the operating margins, they're high. And it's been pretty consistent stock trading at 9.7 times earnings. They are having some difficulties with their business right now. Obviously, not a shock. Um, they grew 18 to 20% the last 10 years. Value Line says they're going to grow at 8% the next 10 years. But again, who knows? Well, it must be true then. That's probably due to their view that pricing won't be as good. But if you've got something great that doctors like, you're going to get a decent price. So, um, you know, what can I tell you? I like it. Good balance sheet, good valuation, a need, not a want. And uh, that's, uh, that's about all I have on this one. Pediatrics Medical oh, in the rats. future will be known as uh, Mednax. <laughs> so take <laughs> note of that. right off the top. And with that, it? ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to turn the show and everything Would that you? that entails <laughs> over to Vern Value because i got to go, frankly. Vern. Yep. Beverage break. Yeah, here you go. Okay, beverage Yeah. So, happy holidays, Vern. Good Uh, luck now with your part of the show. I've been enjoying my beverage over here while you've been talking. Well, you should have been enjoying it more, in my opinion. Ah. Not less. Well, Well, the the one I didn't... The test of that will really be now. You know, I've decided that I'm going to give the page numbers on on my stocks, too. Way to get on board after the three years that I've been doing that. Way to come along. At least today I'm going to. Okay. As a gift. I'm going to experiment with it. We'll see if it works. See how it goes. Why don't you uh, send us emails, let us know if the whole page number thing is really doing it for you, okay? 
or if the show is doing it for you at all. Uh, my it, first stock it isn't is for me today. I can my, 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 well, now we'll get onto the part that might. Uh, my first stock this week is Orbital Sciences. Symbol is ORB. Isn't that clever? Orb. Um, keeping with my theme of no, no, I don't think so. It, it, you just blew my entire momentum there. Why don't you just throw a big bucket of cold water on things over here? Huh? I don't need to, actually. <laughs> You're doing a pretty good job of that. My theme here is government outsourcing. Government wants to do a lot of stuff. Some things they do very well. Managing giant multi-billion dollar programs necessary to get things launched into space is not something they've demonstrated that they're very good at. I, I mean, they get it done, but at what cost? Good grief. So uh, the government's finally deci- uh, discovered that you can get more bang for your buck, so to speak, by using uh, private capitalistic uh, enterprises that <clears throat> excuse me, um, have to earn a profit, have the discipline of the market. That's old news, Vern. They're not. The government's getting into everything now. They're not. It's free market. What are you talking about? Have you been paying attention to what's going on in the space launch business, buddy? Uh, I have been. Okay, and I because think, the government's pretty much getting out of it. I think they're going to get back into it. Well, they're getting uh, into everything else. We'll see about that. Meanwhile, Orbital Sciences is one of uh, two partners that NASA chose to give large value contracts to develop um, what they're calling com- <clears throat> under a commercial orbiter transporta- orbital transportation systems program. I think uh, something approaching $200 million for Orbital to demonstrate the efficacy of its latest launch vehicle, the, I think it's called the Titan II or something like that, Taurus II, um, which has been impacting um, operating mar- uh, profitability in the short term while they develop it, but will be having their first uh, I think I, I think the uh, the uh, motor the launch motor tests are scheduled for 2009 the first actual launch of the vehicle sometime in the second half of 2010 uh, value line identifies something in excess of 300 million dollars of annual revenue could be generated by this new platform this is a billion dollar company today this is not really orbital sciences has grown up and has become a a uh, a uh, mature and stable uh, part of the um, space and satellite supply chain um, on a global basis and with some reliability and generating decent profitability. They're launching satellites into space. Well, and the thing that's interesting to me is I I see really very strong free cash flow, um, but very light capital spending, which makes me think that in many cases, like the one – they're involved in the new Orion – what, human spacecraft platform that some people have called a replacement for the shuttle you were saying before that it has no really wings. A replacement for it the looks like the product. Apollo. Yeah, it's, it's just a scaled-down version of Apollo. Saturn V replacement. But Orbital has a contract for one of the motors on that platform, and I don't believe they're actually building it. I think they've subcontracted somebody else, and they're just doing systems integration. So, I, it, you know, some of it they do themselves. Some of it they have other people do. The stock value line is showing a $15 stock price, but it closed on Friday north of 18 But even with that rally off the bottom, stock under uh, – 15 times, and uh, really overcapitalized here. So return on capital is only running around 10%. But part of this is because they have no debt. Well, they have debt. They have $140 million of debt, but they have $340 million of cash. So actually in a $200 million net cash position, given almost 60 million shares outstanding, it's really $3 of free cash on the balance sheet. 
So really, you know, in terms of valuation, more like a $15 stock, not an $18 stock. It feels stock. more like a $15 stock. It feels like stock. a $15 yeah. stock to me. Yeah. And at that kind of price level, um, I've got a uh, – I'm looking at an enterprise value or the uh, combination of equity market cap and net debt, or which in this case is actually net cash, of about mm. $875 million. I've got almost a billion one of equity at the real current stock price. Um, and I've only got about – well, I've got about $100 million of EBITDA, or what uh, ValueLine calls operating margin times revenue. So I'm under nine times, which is basically an 11% yield on a very rapidly growing sector of, uh, of uh, the economy. Um, the, uh, and the still private, very small. Of the private also. economy, putting, uh, putting uh, uh, very high-value payloads and soon people – into space, into orbit. So I want to keep a want to keep a close eye on what's going on with uh, the Taurus II. Do more homework here on exactly how they get paid and what kind of returns they might make off of that. But uh, looks like they could be uh, with uh, this product or this platform that they've been spending heavily on to develop, about to become a commercial item that'll be discounted well ahead. I'm looking at a stock down 30% from highs earlier this year. I guess with the market, but. Actually, not down as much as the market because, of course, their business is not terribly cyclically sensitive. I mean, to some extent, I guess, pressure on government revenue would put budgetary pressure on certain programs. And the Obama administration has talked about postponing or scaling back Orion, which is a small piece of what Orbital is doing. But their future really is in terms of putting payload in space to support the International Space System, uh, Space Station, and that's what the uh, COTS program is Are there any economics on any of that stuff? I mean, why do we need any of that stuff? Um, uh, Human uh, consensus. Yeah, okay. Uh, We've just all decided that we want to spend some of our wealth on it. They do a good business in putting satellites into orbit that can drive communication. In terms of communication, with a growing concern about um, the ability of current infrastructure to handle exploding broadband volume, uh, satellite capacity will be a you know will play a role. Yeah, but I think satellites are losing share because it's not uh, you know two way. It hasn't been, but um, if we get in a capacity crunch, they may be advantaged simply because they can be uh, you can uh, augment capacity relatively quickly. Maybe uh, in that way. Anyway, I want to move on to my next stock. I'm going to run short of time here. The next stock is Precision Cast Parts. Symbol here is PCP. Here my theme is well, it's material science, but uh, this is an aerospace supplier, and really, my I think my theme here is consolidation because what's happened in this industry is the supply chain has narrowed so much. You've gotten these you know giant companies now that handle big pieces of you know really all of the requirements for certain kinds of parts or systems. In this case, certain kind of cast part, uh, certain kind of metalworking um, that's used to make um, you know uh, reliable parts that can be used on the inside of turbine engines, either for aircraft or for power power generation. And uh, um, because there's been so much consolidation in the industry, they have won a far larger share of new programs, which are in the early stages of being launched, than they have historically had in the installed base. They've benefited from the exit of other competitors by their own acquisition activity. And so they're going to grow faster than the industry in future years because they're going to be going from a relatively smaller market share position to a much larger market share position. So a very simple uh, 
market consolidation strategy, and just like Orbital Sciences, very liquid balance sheet, which is something uh, that we've talked about several times on the show in the past that we're looking for in these uncertain times. In this case, yes, Precision Cast Parts has $300 million of debt, but they have $500 million of cash. So again, just like the stock I just talked about, Orbital Sciences, Precision Cast Parts has about $200 million in net cash. Now, in this case, with large share base, it's only about a buck and a half a share. It doesn't do much for doesn't say much about valuation, but uh, it does mean that we have uh, less financial risk in this name than we uh, than we would have in well many others that would have very high many others. balance sheets. I completely okay. agree. And what I like here is that the stock's been beat up. They're, we're worried about the economy. No one's ever going to buy anything again. Um, Boeing had a strike, which interrupted their commercial aircraft build. Boeing and uh, Airbus both have major new platforms that are delayed in getting to market. Uh, so there's a lot of bad stuff been going on. Nevertheless, Precision Cast Parts has been growing very rapidly, earning very impressive 20-plus percent operating margins. Return on capital has grown into the 20s as well. I've owned this. They're best of class. In what and they right do. now, available at about four times EBITDA, I don't know what the new number – I mean, maybe they're not going to make the numbers that Value Line is forecasting. They're not. But there's a lot of bad news in it at this kind of valuation level, and uh, I think it looks very, very interesting here. Precision Cast Parts – PCP. Uh, what and, page uh, number is that? That on was on that? page 562, Thank which you. I would like to point Thank out you very is much. the consecutive page behind Orbital Sciences on 561. So not just huh. page numbers this week from Vern. Let me take note of that. Consecutive page numbers. That's amazing, Could be Vern. a first time ever for wow. the show. Gosh, let's and research now I'm that. Gonna skip, I'm going to race ahead 10 pages in the issue to page 572 and Kenna Metal. Let me get to that page. Okay, there we go. Symbol is KMT. Here my theme is uh, with the economy, uh, with uh, you know the market obviously reflecting a very bad recession, um, you know, investors have become interested in the last few weeks in um, you know, playing the recovery. Stocks have gone on sale. Let's look for things that are really beaten up that uh, already have something terrible priced into their numbers. I think this could be one of those. And the nice thing about Kenametal, because they make something that is uh, uh, that is a consumable, um, it's not really uh, – well, it, it depends on capital spending to – you know, companies have to buy big, expensive stuff. What do they make? Uh, but they make the cutting tools that are ah. used to shape metal to make all those things. So if there's any activity going on at all, you're using their product and you're using it up and you're going to need to buy a new one on Thursday. Um, hmm. And it gets used up That's Christmas, fairly though, quickly. So. Burn. I tend to think that uh, you know here's a here's a stock that's going to uh, it's going to be impacted by changing uh, levels of production and industry, but it's kind of agnostic in terms of where that activity is. If we're building airplanes instead of cars, still going to need kind of metal parts to cut and shape the metal. Uh, they also have developed in recent years an advanced materials group doing some very interesting things that, according to ValueLine, includes something used in highways. And you might have been reading that there's going to be a big infrastructure. Uh, bill passed, I guess, the day after uh, uh, Mr. Obama takes uh, the yep. oath of office. And uh, they, this company apparently makes some things that are – maybe they use them to chew up the road when they're going to put down a new road or Perfect. something like that. So uh, Kenametal KMT, this one does have a little bit of debt, $480 million of debt, um, not you know a little bit of cash. So there is a little bit of leverage, but only 23% of capital at that level. In the history, ladies and gentlemen, here – the uh, the range cyclical range on profit margins for this company in the last ten years has been at the peak around fifteen percent around where they were this past year at the low ten percent they make good money even when the economy is doing terribly 
So right now, you can buy this for about $1.6 billion equity, half a billion of debt, $2.1 billion total enterprise value, a little uh, almost $400 million of operating income, about six times. At that 10% margin level, it'd be an eight times valuation. Still very attractive. That's a 12% yield, folks. Growing internationally, a lot of technology. KMT on page 572. And I'm going to say my favorite idea this week is... Precision cast parts, too much value uh, for this kind of valuation. Wow. Good wrap-up. And what, what do you like best? Uh, I think this week I'm drawn to this pediatrics medical, but who knows if they have a competitor or something I don't. So I'm going to go with uh, General Dynamics GD. Yeah. And we'll see you next Happy week. Happy holidays. Thanks.